business grew from 7 million, well, I guess five to seven. And then last year we did 20 million making six. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Brad Miller. He's a serial entrepreneur who successfully bought, built, and sold several companies with extreme capital efficiency. Most recently, grew Awareness Technologies revenue 400% organically and through acquisition with a 30, 37% EBITDA margin with investors making a 9x ROI. Previous to that, he built Silver Sky from startup to $60 million in revenue with $10 million in EBITDA. After recapping with Goldman Sachs at $150 million, it was later sold to BAE for $250 million dollars. This guy knows what he's doing. Brad, you ready to take this off? Sure. Shoot. (laughs) Tease people first. We already interviewed you several times as you were building awareness technologies, but quickly talk about the capital infrastructure behind awareness tech. So did it start off as a search fund? How did you get the deal done? Um, So uh, after I did the deal with Goldman at at my previous company, Silver Sky, I was, we had been buying companies and at some point uh, they didn't want to keep buying companies because they felt like we were going to become viewed as a consolidator rather than an organic grower. And so there were companies that I wanted to continue buying and they didn't want to. So I asked for permission to buy the ones that I was looking at uh, that they passed on. And so I left, I left Silver Sky and then bought uh, Awareness Technologies with uh, another financial partner. And that's kind of how it happened. That's great. So, so when you structured that initial deal with that first financial partner, were they, did they have a, equity in the company or was it pure debt? No, they were, uh, we were 50, 50 equity partners. We each put up 2.75 million. We, you know, we put up five and a half million, uh, together. Uh, all that money went to founders. Uh, there was no, it wasn't money in the company. The uh, the founders, I may I may have told you this, went on to take that money and start a billion dollar company called Quest Nutrition. I don't know if you're a fan of Quest Bars. Love Quest uh, Bars. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, um, but the business when I bought it was doing you know sort of five million, losing a million, and even though it was structured as a SaaS cloud delivery model, they were only charging a one time fee, though providing service and cloud forever. And so the first thing we did was change that to a subscription. Uh, uh, and so the business went from 5 million 
losing a million to seven million, making a million, because the extra two million dollars of immediate revenue was pure profit. Um, and uh, and then we just built. We just kept going from there. What year was that? That was two thousand and ten. And so take us through the journey. You get a little bit of incremental revenue the first 12 months. Uh, what happened in 2020, 2019, 2020? Uh, well, uh, we bought a few businesses along the way. Uh, we kind of were leveraging profits, uh, both to pay dividends as well as to, um, as well as to use EBITDA for bank debt purposes to acquire a few companies. And so we bought a... We were both in the in the consumer business and the B two B business. We bought a consumer business and a B two B business, each for one for three million, one for three and a half million. Uh, anyway, uh, the business grew from seven million, well, I guess five to seven, and then uh, and then uh, and then to twenty. You know, last year we did twenty million, making six, uh, and so that was big. It was a big year. Um, there was a lot of growth in our B2B business uh, due to the COVID um, effect. You know, we, uh, we focus on providing employers with uh, PC activity, monitoring activity of their employees. So our, what time do they log in? What are they doing when they log in? You know, how do, how do I get comfortable that all the things that I used to see with my eyes when people came to the office and I no longer see, how do I, how do I recreate that? line of sight information I used to have. And, um, and so we had a, you know, the B2B business had a very big year last year. And, um, and so it was a good time to sell. And so we did. I want to talk more about timing, but just to sum that up, 5.5 million to start uh, of your guys' own cash, another 3 million, then another three and a half million. So about 11 million into the business total, but enterprise value in terms of actual revenue was caught 20, 25 million. I mean, this is extreme capital efficiency. What enables you to spot like these sorts of things where there's not a bunch of other competition? I imagine other people look at this and go, we could do, we should do the same thing. And then you can't buy it because there's so much competition. How did you find these gems? Well, you know, uh, one of the, the, the competitor that we bought, sometimes it's just being at the right place, right time. But the, the last competitor that we bought that pushed us over the edge to 20 million I looked at buying a year before I bought awareness and that when I looked at buying it, I couldn't afford it. It was doing 15 million of revenue, making six, the two VCs bought it for 45 million and they, and the business went from doing 15 million, making six to doing 7 million, losing three, uh, when we bought it. So it's why we bought it for such a good deal. And, but when I saw them, I was like, this is back in 2008, 2009. I was like, wow, this, I don't know many internet security businesses that are growing 20%, doing 15 million, making 40% EBITDA margins. Um, and when I saw awareness, it was, you know, they were the Avis to the, you know, to that company's hertz, if you will. Yep. And I was like, geez, I'll, you know, and so uh, it was a two race, it was a two horse market at that time between the two of them. Uh, where uh, where the number one company was three times the size, but you could see how you could, you know, take up some of that market share, and um, and you know, I felt if we could just even grow into ten million, we'd go from, um, you know, making a million uh, once we you know once we added the you know the you know the recurring revenue to um, you know to making four or five million, and if you could buy a business for five and a half million and make. Five million, you know, those are good. Those are good numbers. 
Um, little did we know along the way that company would have such problems. A lot of you guys will ping me out of the blue at asking for help selling your software companies, but I'm not a broker and I'm really focused on founder path right now, not helping folks sell their company. So I'm always looking for great tools to recommend for you guys to quickly figure out what you could potentially sell your company for and how much cash you could get. That's where Flippa comes in. Now here's my thing about brokerages, especially for selling your company. You guys should not have to pay a 10% brokerage fee when you put your blood, sweat, and tears into building your company for years that have a sale. All smart founders know though that the best way to maximize price is to have multiple options. So how do you get multiple options, multiple bids on your company without paying a broker 10% or more? Well, I recommend Flippa because they have the largest list of buyers for these sorts of digital assets, which almost always guarantees a bidding war. I tell my founder friends all the time to try Flippa's valuation calculator to see what their company is worth. And I encourage you guys to do it today. Go to nathanlacka.com forward slash Flippa right now to test out the valuation calculator for free. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash F-L-I-P-P-A. Did you have an in with the VCs that bought it for 45 million where you they were happy to take the loss and let you take it even though you you win? <laughs> um, well, we uh, my co-investor co-invested with one of those VCs in another deal. So we had a... We had a, an initial entree into that conversation. Um, they were for sale for two years. They didn't contact us. Uh, you know, they viewed us as the small guy nipping at their heels and not able to afford them. Um, and their business was doing better before they, you know, went at the beginning of their sales process, but it started to really struggle in the last year. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, they kept thinking it was going to turn around, turn around, turn around and it didn't. And, and so we did a deal literally in three weeks because they weren't going to be able to meet payroll. Uh, they were burning cash fast and not willing to do anything about it. And they kept hoping for some big deal to close and it didn't, and they needed to get something done. And the VCs had um, had guaranteed a two million dollar emergency line of credit that was due, and you know at the same time, and they didn't want to make good on it. So we were able to basically buy it by taking over that two million dollar line of credit, and then pay the investment banker fees and lawyer fees that they couldn't afford to pay because there was no cash changing hands. And so, yeah. and so and, fast. Uh, we- so- so fast forward to, you know, pre pre deal, um, did you guys still each own 50%? Uh, and then how much debt was on the books? Um, so yeah, so uh, no, I, I had a 10% option thing that I had exercised. Um, we had also uh, taken out 12 and a half million of dividends along the way. Oh, wow. Um, and so we were both already in the money, if you will, <laughs> on our original investment. Uh, the two acquisitions weren't financed with equity. They were financed with debt. So we didn't put more money into the business. We were only taking money out. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, we had um, uh, maybe uh, six or seven million. Well, we also had four or five million of cash on the balance sheet when we did the deal. So net debt, we probably had a couple million. Yep. Yeah, uh, we were very, very, we were very cash flow generative. As I said, we made six million the last year, and so yeah, we probably had, uh, uh, we probably started the, the year with nine million of debt. We probably paid off, you know, um, a million or so, and but we had five million of cash on the 
on the books from that year of yep. pure profit zone. So what was the sale? So, what was the sale price? Uh, well, you can sort of backwards in, and I'm not sure I'm allowed exactly to say, but like I said, the combination of the dividends and the price was just shy of fifty, up to shy of fifty million. Yeah. So, so is this is this what you'll do next? You'll go sort of run the same playbook. I mean, you basically your cash exposure was about two two point seven million. It sounds like total when you guys bought the initial thing, and then the rest was creativity, good deal making, and a lot of patience. Is that what you'll do next? Mm-hmm. I hope so. <laughs> As I said, every deal has its own, you know, has it's it's not always the same playbook for each deal, right? It depends on the market dynamics, the growth trajectory, the competitive, you know, you don't always control those things. Um, and so, uh, but I generally like acquiring, you know, there's always things you can fix in a business. Um, sometimes it's as basic as actually actually make it a subscription business, <laughs> you know, which wasn't too hard to do, but wasn't being done for some reason, you know, not, not, not every fix is that obvious and that easy. Um, but, um, uh, but, you know, we look for things that are doing well in spite of some, you know, some mistakes, you know, founders are sometimes really smart at some things, but not so good at other things. And so we try to find things that they've done really well, but still see issues that they've, you know, you know, where they left me, you know, meet on the bone unwittingly because they're just not experts in everything. Yeah. Which um, bank did you use in the first $3 million acquisition? I want to get a sense of what banks are friendly in terms of letting entrepreneurs like you use debt to do acquisitions. Uh, so that was Webster Bank. Uh, this was before the days of SaaS capital and later capital and people <laughs> like you. Now, um, you know, that didn't really exist at the time. Uh, but yeah, Webster uh, Bank, which was a local Connecticut bank, um, I had, they were my bank in my previous company too, and and so they, you know, they were funding. Is that uh, a lesson? Here? Is that a lesson? I mean, most entrepreneurs are forced by their VCs to go bank with like Goldman or SVB, but you really can't have a personal relationship there like you had with this local bank, right? Isn't that an advantage? SVB wouldn't touch us because we didn't have like a traditional VC in the deal. They would rather fund a company that's losing money with a brand name VC than, you know, they don't do cash flow lending. You know, it's like, well, but we actually have profits. You know, they're like, well, we don't care about those. We, you know, you don't have, uh, you know, profits. profits. What are profits? <laughs> so you know, we 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 were getting basic kind of you know three times three and a half times leverage, kind of uh, standard you know debt EBITDA stuff, and we had the EBITDA to do it. And you know, uh, listen, in, clear, in any if that business was doing a million in in profits, you could go raise three x that in debt to fund the deal three million. Yeah. At what yeah, cost exactly. of capital? Tip like under ten percent interest. Oh uh, yeah, it was typically you know. Um, LIBOR plus, you know, nothing. I mean, wow. it was like typically around 5%, you know. Wow. Um, but you have to pay back the principal, right? You know, yeah. and you have to make pretty hefty principal repayments. Um, Brad, how, you know, how do I get, uh, how, do, how do I get on your next deal? How can I put up some cash and then let you do your thing with it? Well, I, I'd love to work with you. I, I, I was thinking that very same thing. I would love to work with you. Yeah, let's, I mean, I'm, let's not, talk. I'm, not, I'm not as rich as you, but I'd put up I put up 200, 300, 400 grand and let you do your thing and learn. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd I'd, I'd give you a huge carry because you're a really smart, knowledgeable guy about this business. So I I wouldn't need your capital. I'd I'd be happy to you know I'd be happy to work with you just for your for your knowledge, know how, etc. 
Well, I love profits. I love founders with profits. You love operating companies with profits. There seems like a win-win here. Brad Miller, we'll see what happens. Thanks for taking us to the top. <laughs> and I'm serious. If you want to talk, <laughs> hit me up on Slack. I am happy to, I am happy to figure something out with you.